Welcome to The Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast about the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. This is a Jimmy-sode, a mini-episode produced, hosted, and edited by Jim Harris. So the views and opinions expressed are all Jimmy's. In this episode, I want to share my thoughts about the seventh and final season of the Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series on Disney+. Soon, the galaxy will be remade. The Jedi and the Republic will die. I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Great care we must take. Why would anyone walk away from being a Jedi? We were trained to be keepers of the peace. Not soldiers. We clowns have mixed feelings about the war. Without it, we wouldn't exist. All part of the plan. The plan. Everything is about to change. Every choice made has led to this. First of all, let me say that generally speaking, I really like the Clone Wars animated series. It is set in between the prequel trilogy movies Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And it actually helps me enjoy the prequel trilogy a lot more because it fills in a lot of background material and character development material that really helps add a lot of depth to the overall story of the prequel trilogy. In the Clone Wars animated series, we learn a lot more about the clones, the troopers that were created to be the Grand Army of the Republic, and see a lot more of the Jedi Knights as generals and soldiers, and more of actually what the Clone Wars was like. Whereas in the prequel trilogy movies, we only see the very beginning and the very end of the Clone Wars. We see also a lot more about the Jedi Knights that really helps to give more insight into what the Jedi Order was like before it fell after Order 66. It also introduces and focuses at times on one of my all-time favorite characters in Star Wars canon, the Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano. From the standpoint of technical execution and artistic expression, the seventh and final season of the Clone Wars animated series is quite impressive. The animation is probably not only the best of the series, but possibly the best Star Wars animation that has been done to date. And especially the final four episodes have a cinematic level of quality in terms of their musical score. Additionally, the entire season does a fairly good job of subtle fan service because there are quite a few quick Easter eggs 
connecting it to almost every other Star Wars movie and television show, which is why it kind of pains me to have to say this, but I did not like the seventh and final season of the Clone Wars animated series. And that's because it fails me on the thing that I care the most about in basically anything that I watch, Star Wars or otherwise. It fails me on storytelling. I found the seventh and final season, from a storytelling perspective, to be profoundly mediocre, immediately forgettable. It quite frankly left me with no desire to rewatch any of it. Although it's unlikely that you would be listening to this episode if you hadn't already watched season seven yourself, I still feel I'm obligated to issue a general spoiler warning. Up till this point, I've only played a clip from the official trailer for season seven, which was available long before any of the episodes started streaming on Disney+. But if you proceed past this point, you will hear spoilers because I will be playing additional clips and I will be talking about some of the storytelling details about what happens during Season 7. So, you have been warned. I found Season 7 to be mostly boring and uneventful. It has 12 episodes, broken down into three story arcs, each containing four episodes. Now, none of the story arcs or their episodes are bad. However, they're not good either. Let's start with the first story arc, which covers the first four episodes of the season and centers on the core story of the entire series, the Clone Wars, the conflict between the Republic and the Separatists. We have more than a dozen active battlefronts, and we are losing nearly every one. Let's take a small squad behind enemy lines. If we're going to find intel, it'll be there. What squad are we taking in? Clone Force 99. They call themselves the Bad Batch. These guys are clones? The cavalry has arrived! The defective clones with desirable mutations. Let's get to work. Remember, this is a stealth mission. So much for stealth. I don't like the look of this. This is a trap. They don't stand a chance. We're going down! Let's finish what we started. Essentially, this first story arc is kind of a reminder of some of the core themes of the overall series and some of the important concepts needed to bring it to a conclusion. One of those themes is trying to humanize the clone troopers. They show us that they are more individualistic than you would think cloning and programming would have produced. And that is what the Bad Batch does. They are definitely the most unique and colorful clone troopers we have seen in the entire series, I'm not really sure if we needed to dedicate a third of the final season to such a long story arc about that because we know what's going to happen. We've been hinted at and explicitly told about Order 66 even back in season 6. And we know since this is set just before the Revenge of the Sith prequel trilogy movie 
we know what's going to happen with the troopers. But the other things that is involved or incorporated into this first story arc is we see a little bit more of Anakin and Obi-Wan together on the front lines of the Clone Wars, which is nice to see. The fighting and action sequences weren't bad, but they weren't anything spectacular either. But thematically, the thing that was important is it reminds us that Padme's protection is Anakin's motivation. And it also shows us more of the increasing darkness that Anakin is willing to use in order to achieve that goal. Because we do see another one of his dark turns in this story arc where he actually does murder one of the Separatist military leaders. Again, overall, these first four episodes, not bad, but not good. But it did get the season off to a start. And that encompasses, again, the first four episodes and the first of the three story arcs of the final season. The second of the three story arcs of season seven, which encompasses the middle four episodes, heralds the return of fan favorite and my favorite character, Ahsoka Tano. The last time we had seen Ahsoka, she had actually voluntarily left the Jedi Order after initially being accused of a murder she didn't commit, but after being absolved of that crime, she chose to voluntarily leave the Jedi Order because she had become disillusioned with what the Jedi Order was doing, especially in the context of the Clone Wars. So this story arc picks up where did Ahsoka go after she left the Jedi Order. So it's a story that involves her going down into the lower levels of Coruscant and getting involved with the Martez sisters, Trace and Rafa. Who looks out for you, huh? You do, Rafa. That's right. Remember, we can't count on anyone. So we count on ourselves. And maybe Ahsoka. Hmm, maybe. Come on, I want to get going. Go warm the engines up. You show up out of nowhere, suddenly you and my sister are inseparable? What are you after? Excuse me? Come on. Everyone plays an angle. I don't mind, except when it involves Trace. So tell me, what are you after? Her mech bay? Her ship? I don't have an angle. Unless maybe to keep you both out of trouble. Hmm. You ever thought you might be the trouble she needs to stay away from? Again, this story arc and its episodes are not bad. There's some interesting aspects of them as we watch Ahsoka hide the fact that she was formerly a Jedi. She doesn't have her lightsabers, so she's more subtle in her use of the Force. And a little bit more of her soul-searching of trying to figure out who she is if she's not a Jedi. And also listening to other people talk rather disparagingly about the Jedi and question whether or not they're actually doing more harm than good. For example, we learn that the parents of the Martez sisters were actually killed as an inadvertent result of an event that occurred earlier in the series where the Jedi were chasing a criminal through the lower levels of Coruscant and in the process of bringing them to justice caused an accident that killed the parents of the Martez sisters. 
Those two characters are actually rather colorful and interesting to spend a few episodes with, and I'm not really sure we needed to actually dedicate some time to introducing some new characters in the middle of the final season of the series. The story arc is also kind of a long way around to bringing us back to Maul, because at the end of the story arc, Ahsoka crosses paths with Bo-Katan of the Mandalorians and finds out that Maul is on Mandalore, which motivates both Ahsoka and Bo-Katan to, at the end of this story arc, go seek the assistance of Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi for the third and final story arc of the final season. I wish we had more time to talk, but I have urgent information for both of you. What is it, Ahsoka? Lady Bo-Katan and I have located the renegade Sith Lord Maul, and if we move swiftly, we believe we can capture him. So this becomes the setup for the third and final story arc, which encompasses the final four episodes of the final season. And these four episodes are unlike any other that were done throughout the entire series. They have different title cards, a different musical score, and a much more cinematic quality to them. This final story arc is basically thrilling conclusion to the overall series. At the beginning of this, we get not only the brief reunion of Ahsoka with Anakin and Obi-Wan, but we get a moving sequence where Anakin gives Ahsoka back her refurbished lightsabers and reintroduces her to the 501st the company of clone troopers commanded by Anakin Skywalker, who have honored Ahsoka by painting their helmets to look like her face. They've been waiting to see you. Loyalty means everything to the clones. And this is where the story of the final arc of the season takes a curious and unexpected turn. I was expecting the series to end right on the beginning of the opening moments of Revenge of the Sith, the trilogy movie that immediately follows in the timeline of the Clone Wars animated series. Instead, at this point in the story, that we see that neither Anakin nor Obi-Wan, who has a personal connection, does not go to Mandalore with Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. Anakin and Obi-Wan leave to go to Coruscant to rescue the Chancellor from Count Dooku and General Grievous. Basically, they leave to begin the movie Revenge of the Sith. And then the rest of the story is we have Rex, one of the clone troopers of the 501st, is field promoted to commander, and the 501st is split in two, and half of it, commanded by Rex, goes with Ahsoka and Bo-Katan to start what is referred to as the Siege of Mandalore. Based on all of the hype about it leading into this season, 
I was expecting the Siege of Mandalore to be amazing. Instead, for me, it was woefully underwhelming. It happens very quickly. Some of the action sequences are kind of cool, but generally speaking, it really was very disappointing, especially considering the fact that we know what's going to be happening later on Mandalore. I'll come back to that after my other remarks. But actually, the real penultimate event that this part of the story arc is setting up is a confrontation on Mandalore between Ahsoka and Maul. Surely, you have felt it. The dark side has never been stronger. I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? The highlight of the final story arc, and perhaps of the entire season, comes in episode 10 of 12, appropriately titled The Phantom Apprentice. And this is where Ahsoka faces off against Maul. As a previous clip I played hinted, Maul was using Mandalore as a trap, and he was hoping to lure both Obi-Wan and Anakin to Mandalore. He wanted to lure Obi-Wan there because he wanted revenge to kill Obi-Wan for what he did to him back in The Phantom Menace, the first of the trilogy movies of the prequels. He also wanted to lure Anakin there because he had a vision of who Anakin would become, the new Sith apprentice of Darth Sidious. Because again, Maul knows who Sidious is and knows a lot about his plans to overthrow the Republic and the Jedi. So there's actually some interesting aspects in just a conversation that Ahsoka and Maul have. Maul trying to essentially recruit Ahsoka to become his apprentice so that they could defeat Darth Sidious. Kind of a rehash of a typical Sith technique. Like Darth Vader trying to get Luke Skywalker to join him to overthrow the Emperor. Or even like Count Dooku tried to do to recruit Obi-Wan to overthrow Darth Sidious. So it's that same cycle being repeated. Maul is kind of coy in terms of the details that he's not telling Ahsoka, but also intimating that Anakin is going to turn to the dark side. To preserve some of the overall storytelling of everything that happens in Star Wars canon, Maul obviously can't literally be allowed to tell Ahsoka everything that he knows. But there were some interesting moments there. The big sort of ultimate action sequence of the entire season is the lightsaber battle between Maul and Ahsoka, which I have to admit is very impressive and may have been one of the best lightsaber battles in the entire Clone Wars animated series. It's made even more impressive if you watch some of the YouTube videos of the behind the scenes footage of how that lightsaber battle was done. They actually brought Ray Park back who played Maul in the movies and had him do a motion capture of the lightsaber battle, and then they did animation on top of that. 
So again, the technical execution and artistic expression elements of the final season of The Clone Wars is impressive, and you definitely see that on display in the lightsaber battle between Ahsoka and Maul. Unfortunately, it comes to a rather anticlimactic conclusion, because as I'll come back to later, we know that Ahsoka can't kill Maul, and that Maul can't kill Ahsoka. So basically, Ahsoka defeats Maul without killing him, and he gets captured as Mandalore is temporarily seized by Bo-Katan. And then we see the transition to the final two episodes of the story arc and the entire season, during which Ahsoka and Rex attempt to deliver Maul back to Coruscant on board a Republic cruiser. However, on their way to Coruscant, Ahsoka senses Anakin's fall to the dark side moments before Darth Sidious issues Order 66, branding all Jedi as traitors to the Republic and causing Ahsoka's clone troopers, including Rex, to turn on her. She escapes, manages to subdue Rex, frees Maul as a distraction for the other clone troopers, and with the help of some astromech droids, Ahsoka discovers and removes the chip from Rex's brain, restoring his free will. As Ahsoka and Rex try to escape from the cruiser, Maul destroys its hyperdrive, causing it to drop out of hyperspace and start to fall into a moon's gravitational field. Forced to fight their way through the clones, Ahsoka tries to prevent Maul from getting away in their shuttle, but she fails and Maul vanishes. Ahsoka and Rex manage to get on board a Y-Wing fighter and barely get out of the ship before it crash lands on the moon, killing everyone else. There, Ahsoka and Rex respectfully bury the bodies of the clones in a scene eerily reminiscent but more respectful of the scene in The Mandalorian where we see the helmets of the clone troopers on pikes above their graves. Again, much more respectful in this case, and also, again, driving home the logo on those helmets was the image of Ahsoka's face that the 501st had done. Sometime later, the closing scene is Darth Vader arrives on the moon and discovers Ahsoka's lightsaber among the wrecked cruiser and assumes that she is dead. While that final scene with Darth Vader was well done, and was layered with some powerful symbolism, overall, the final story arc of Season 7 stretched over those last four episodes just didn't really have the emotional impact for me that the show was attempting to deliver. As I mentioned earlier, it's done with a very different production style than any other episode in the entire series. They have different title cards, and none of those philosophical lessons that are usually in the opening credits of the episode. There was also a great cinematic quality with the musical score that was used for the final four episodes. However, ultimately, as I had alluded to earlier, it's the fact that I know that some things can't happen and the fact that I know so much about what happens next in the overall Star Wars canon story, a lot of the attempted dramatic tension 
and building to a climactic conclusion fell flat to me. And a lot of that is because of Star Wars Rebels, the animated series set after the events of Revenge of the Sith, which not only is in and of itself the best Star Wars animated series, but also perhaps the most complete Star Wars story ever told. For me, that's what really robs the final season of The Clone Wars of a lot of its emotional and dramatic impact. So that's what I was saying earlier when I know certain things can't happen. Like I know Ahsoka, Maul, and Rex don't die. I know how incredibly temporary the quote-unquote victory in the Siege of Mandalore is because of what happens again in Star Wars Rebels. Now, if this final season actually had been done back when the Clone Wars animated series was originally canceled, specifically if this could have aired before Star Wars Rebels was ever done, then this could have been a very powerful conclusion to the series. And it definitely delivers a much cleaner end to the Clone Wars animated series than what it got when it was unceremoniously canceled in 2014. And in some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I've looked into, it sounds like there was a lot of material that was left in development when the Clone Wars animated series was canceled, and that's what largely made up the material that became the content of this seventh and final season, which is completely understandable. But because so much else has happened in Star Wars canon in between season six and seven, I had really high expectations for this final season to do more and to tell better stories. Because again, that's where it failed for me. The technical execution and the artistic expression were good, but I found the storytelling to be overall profoundly mediocre and with the exception of a few memorable moments, to be almost immediately forgettable. Now having said all that, if you are a Star Wars fan, and especially if you are a fan of the Clone Wars animated series, Season 7 is a must-watch. A lot of Star Wars fans, old and new, really did love the final season, so definitely check it out. But if you're looking for something to rewatch from the beginning and you only wanted to pick one Star Wars animated series, I cannot more highly recommend Star Wars Rebels. It has perhaps the most complete and maybe best ever Star Wars story. Star Wars Rebels is only four seasons and will no doubt be the subject of a future episode on this podcast. Until then, May the Force be with you, always. That's it for this Jimmy-sode. Thank you for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater. You can find all of our episodes on all major podcast platforms and players. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater, and you can email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. <laughs>